Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a PhD. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Grab onto the wheel, fasten your seatbelts, and step on the gas. Webmasterradio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into Rush Rush Hour. hour. Your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure through the high-tech metropolis known as social media, blogs, social networks, bookmarking, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. Now, the light is green, but stay right where you are because you're in Rush Hour. Everybody, today is March 7th, and this is uh, the fifth episode of Rush Hour, I believe. And with your host, Cameron Otheus, and I, Neil Patel. How are you, Cameron? Hey, what's going on, Neil? No, How are you? Uh, how's uh, San Diego? Um, it's all right today. It's uh, a little cloudy, but... Hey, are you getting a little static on the phone? Like, I keep hearing a little static on my end. Yeah, um, I think it'll go away pretty soon, but yeah. So, uh, sure so what's the latest in social media news? Um, yeah, but first off, um, I've been hearing some rumors about your uh, Facebook profile. What do you mean, rumors? <laughs> I don't know. I just Is there something that we should know or what? <laughs> no. <laughs> sure? I have no clue what you're talking about. Okay. Well, anyways, let's... Uh, Let's uh, move on. So uh, the first thing on the news today that I want to talk about was auction ads launched this week, and that was a service that's done by Shoe Money as well as MediaWiz, and I just wanted to make a quick note that MediaWiz owns TextLink ads, which me and Neil work for. But anyways, Neil, you had a chance to uh, test auction ads before they launched, so do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, uh Auctions ads is, it's like AdSense where it's contextual ads, but you can place contextual ads on your website, but instead of AdSense ads, they're eBay ads. And you place them on your site, and pretty much what ends up happening is you drive traffic, and just like AdSense and stuff like that, and you end up getting paid for it. And they have pretty decent payouts. Try it out, and, you know, if you like it, keep on using it. If you don't, then don't use it. But yeah, uh, one of the things fine. I've one of the things I've noticed that like a lot of readers have left for comments. I noticed on TechCrunch and our blog as well is that people were asking like, what's the difference between this and just joining the regular eBay affiliate program? I, I, with auction ads, the main difference is like they've signed up, and what ends up happening is because you go through them and they do so much traffic and volume, there's higher payouts than compared if you went to with eBay directly. It's actually in your benefit to go through auction ads and go directly to eBay. Okay, just because they're, like, all pulled together and so they have, like, a master account or a super affiliate program or whatever? Exactly. Okay. So how would how does something like this compare to, let's say, like, Google AdSense? Like, would you say it's better, uh, worse, or is it just something that you should maybe use in, in conjunction with the AdSense? Um. I think because it's really new, it's going to be really hard to compare it with the Google AdSense, but sure. it's more of a test and feel. It's test it out, try it out, and, you know, it's it has pictures, has little images. It's very similar to AdSense, but it's all about the payout at the end of the day, what's going to end up paying you more and what's going to be more useful to 
your target audience. And in many cases, eBay ads might be more relevant than, or I mean, more useful to your visitors than AdSense, and vice versa. So, okay, yeah, that makes complete sense. So, uh, thanks for clearing that up, and we'll move on. Uh, next item on the news is the USA Today uh, relaunched their website. Did you have you had a chance to see that, or did you hear about that? I did hear about it, and I had uh, actually. Saw a little couple screenshots of it. I didn't go to USA Today's website, but when I went to USA Today's website, they had like this whole overview of how everything's changing and stuff like that. Then what they also did is like put screenshots and put like, hey, bigger images and stuff. So, what's the main things that changed with the new layout compared to the old one? Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know or haven't seen it yet, um, what USA Today relaunched their site and it's. I guess they've added like a lot of uh, social networking features. Like users can comment on all the stories stories now. They can uh, choose to read articles based on popularity, like what's the most read, what's the most commented, what's the most emailed, recommended. And they also have a big like article voting on stories, so you can okay. like vote the stories up or down. I'm not. I don't think it works quite like big, where those are what determines what makes the homepage. But you can like vote on stories. And then they also allow like users to create profile pages, and it's it seems pretty cool. I checked it out, and I think it's a step in the right direction. But th- at the same time, I understand that they have uh, teed off a lot of their like a lot of their regular readers. I guess maybe the, the mainstream isn't just quite ready for this type of thing, or you know, I don't know. I mean, didn't we kind of see the same thing when Netscape launched? There was a lot of the a lot of the re- regular users weren't too happy because it's you know it's not something they're familiar with or that they were, you know, that they exactly wanted. Yeah, and I think you can piss off a lot of your old users, but what ends up happening is they all get used to it and they're going to end up using it. I actually like the change in going into this type of, you know, site because it makes it more social, gets visitors more involved, and hopefully it adds more content and improves USA Today's traffic. I agree, and in my opinion, it's it's inevitable, you know. I mean, in a couple of years from now, I think all... All the major major news sites and even web portals are going to be moving in this direction. So, you know, I mean, I think that's it's great that USA Today has uh, kind of hopped on that that train earlier, and and I guess they're like one of like on the forefront of that. So, pretty cool to see. And and like you, I pretty much uh, agree with all that. Yeah, and what's going to end up happening is if you don't change and keep up with the times, someone else is going to come by your competition and pretty much outdo you, one-up you, and start taking your user base. So you have to keep on improving and evolving, and if you don't, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah, exactly, and I think think as time goes on, more and more people are getting used to the social networking and stuff. I mean, MySpace has, what, 100 and some million users? I mean, that's pretty much the, you know, the good chunk of the population in this country. So I think that yeah. people are getting more familiar with that, so they're going to, you know, not be so hesitant to change and things like that. They're going to they're gonna invite the change, and I think that they're eventually going to, it's going to be a good thing for everything, for everyone. Yeah, I pretty much go to Tom's MySpace profile and see how many friends he has. <laughs> exactly. Good rough number of how many users they have. Yeah, Exactly. But no, so, definitely, um, and because of this whole change, what's going to end up happening is, like you said, people are going to become more familiar with social sites, which is going to get them more used to Dig and all those other social sites out there, which is going to bring a whole new audience to these other sites. Sure. How about, like, as far as, like, marketing goes, do you see, is there any kind of opportunity there on USA Today with the new social features, do you think, or is it just, 
or is there not really anything there from from a marketer's standpoint? Um, I haven't seen anything yet, to be honest. I haven't looked at it too much, so I don't know if there's really you know lots of new ways to market and stuff like that. I don't know if it's highly similar to let's say Technorides. What's WTF? I don't know what yeah, it's called. I was called what the fuck. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know what WTF stands for other than that. So it's like with that, it's really easy to get. For it's really easier fire. for marketers to get stories to the top or whatnot because all you have to do is just get a handful of your friends who are bloggers and have technorati accounts and just pretty much tell them to vote on your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a little different, though, where the editors are still the ones that write the stories, but then it's the, it's the users that interact with them and comment on them and vote them after. So I don't think there's, like, any opportunity for people to submit stories. I guess where I see the opportunity is maybe just people, I guess people branding themselves as, like, authority figures. If they become, you know, really active users in the community and stuff, people will, will start to rec- recognize them and they can kind of become the authority on their little niche or whatever. Similar to, similar to the way that you would use, like, a Yahoo's Answers or, like, LinkedIn Answers or something like that, in my opinion. Got it. So uh, next up on the list is this. I, I don't know if this is really news or, or whatnot. It's just something cool that I came across. Um, I noticed that on TechCrunch, they, he wrote about a, a new little web app called uh, Kegulator. And, it's, and basically what it is, is it's a one-page thing, and you go on there and you enter in the – it's like it, the purpose of it is to tell you how much – basically how much alcohol to buy for a party or something. So you go in there and you type in, like, I'm going to have five people at my party, and we want to get super wasted, and it will basically, like, tell you how much alcohol you should have. And the, thing, nice. the reason why I bring this up and stuff and why I think it's cool – For budgets and stuff? <laughs> What's that? Just tell you what type of alcohol you should buy if you're poor. Um, I tried it out and it said to buy a couple twelvers and a couple forties or something like that. So it doesn't tell you like brands or anything. Uh, but the, okay. the reason why I bring it up and I think it's cool is just because I think that it's like little mini sites like this. I think would be great for if like a big brand was either the one that came up with the concept and launched it or bought bought it out off the guy that developed it because right now it's just a private party. But it's like many things like this are like. Super, super viral, you know, super link-based. You know, I mean, this thing's going to attract thousands and thousands of links over the, you know, the next coming months or whatever. So, you know, it would be like a really, like in my opinion, it would be like a really cool mini site for like a big brand, like a Budweiser or something, you know, have their little brand up in the corner or, you know, this is brought to you by by Budweiser or whatnot. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up just as a, a good example, yeah, you know, for that type of thing. They should have, one of those guys should have done it or potentially even advertised on it. But, no, I think yeah, that's or really just, hot. And what would have even been hotter if they took it one step further and if you put in, like, a budget, it would tell you, like, hey, what can you buy for that price range? Where can you get it from? And how can you get super wasted on the lowest dollar, pretty much? Yeah, I agree. And I'm just trying to pull up the URL here. I know there's some... Uh, there's some guys in the chat room asking for that, so I'm going to drop it in there for them. They can check it out. There you go. And for for people that are listening that aren't a part of the chat room, it's uh, kegulator.com, K-E-G-U-L-A-T-O-R.com. So just kind of check that out. I actually saw this. Got to love those little ads on the left, the VT ones. <laughs> yeah, those guys advertise on quite a few places, those those. Uh, Funny shirts or whatever they are. Yeah, it's very distracting. <laughs> well, so I, this is a perfect time for a quick commercial break. We'll be back shortly, and we'll be, continue to talk on social media news. 
Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's ClickSOR.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. Are you getting the most out of your online advertising? Now get more from your media spend with superior real-time targeting and creative optimization technology. Get more now from Casali Media. Casali Media. Save big as Casali Media's ad experts place your premium campaigns across the web's hottest properties at the most competitive rates. Want more? Get, get more. Visit casalimedia.com slash more to request your media kit. Casali Media. Advertising online is better here. Casali Media. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Drop into the Webmaster chat room. Webmasterradio.fm. Clothing is optional. Webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Slam on your brakes. You just reached your final destination. Rush hour. Rush hour. On Webmasterradio.fm. Now, now, back to your rush hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. <laughs> Hi, everybody. We're back. Thanks for uh, pulling by. We were just talking about Kegulator, a social media site or a site that actually lets you pick how many people are going to be coming to a party and how much alcohol you need to get them super drunk. Yeah, and mentioned something funny. It, it mentions variance, like a spill rate. <laughs> like 4% of the alcohol is going to spill and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty funny, and, you know, going back to that whole thing, you know, it's this is, like, a, a seriously, like, a good example of a piece of link bait that, like, a company could develop or anything. So it's, like, for those of you that are, like, checking that out or whatever, like, you know, like, try and think of, like, stuff like this that you can do for your own company or whatnot. Is that yeah. amazing? Sites like this, it's, like, what was that one that we saw over Christmas? It was the uh, Go, go Out Yourself or something? Yeah, Elf Yourself. Office Max did that one. That was hilarious, where you could put your face on an elf and it danced around and, and stuff. I mean, that 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 one was super viral. What did that get? Like a couple hundred thousand links or something like that? Dude, that got a lot. I was, like, ticked off that we didn't think about it, because I'm like, that would have been so much <laughs> link juice for us. Oh, yeah. And not just that, it was hilarious, too, because you can put in, like, someone's name and put in, like, a picture of a monkey or a dog or something <laughs> and be like, hey, Cameron, here's you, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that, oh, yeah, that it was, was viral. It spread actually pretty well, and it was popular. Everybody started using it. I still get good search traffic from Elf Yourself because we wrote on it once, but, yeah, it oh, really? was really popular. So next up on the uh, news for today is uh, My Netscape. So you're a pretty big Netscape user, so what do you think of that? Did not notice My Netscape today. <laughs> I haven't used Netscape in a day or two, but it probably already came out, and 
I just didn't catch up to it. But yeah, no, I love Netscape. Can you explain what my Netscape is? Um, yeah, hold on. I'm trying to trying to find where I came across that. If you just go to my.netscape.com, you can oh, check that out. I think it's I think what it looks like part, is basically like where like you a can personalized, customize everything. Yeah, like a personalized start page. Got it. I think they've had this for a while, haven't they? Or I could be wrong. Uh, I have no clue. You know, I'm not sure. I just I just noticed a couple of people wrote on it this last week, so you know, I, I'm not a big user of Netscape like you are, so I don't, you know, I don't notice these kind of things. I just notice when other people, when, you know, people start writing on in the blogosphere and stuff. Yeah, well, it's with Netscape, I think what they're trying to do is just get more people involved and try to get more people using Netscape because they're competing against Dig and other social sites. Although, you know, they're saying that, no, it's a whole race and they're all going together and stuff like that. It's still, you're fighting for a lot of the same people because a lot of the people who use Netscape won't use Dig and vice versa. So it's like people are stuck in their old niches. Uh, I, I can understand why Netscape is playing stuff like this out, but compared to Dig or any of the other social sites, Netscape is still really quite easy to manipulate. Um, I'm not saying I recommend it, but <laughs> it is. It's, you can go down there and literally add everyone as your friend, and it's not the same as Dig where like everybody votes on you or votes on your submissions. But it's like if you add 15,000 friends, there's a good chance 40 of them are going to vote on the story you submit because they see your submission, so. Have they tried to uh, curb the adding friends feature at all? Like, I know Dig, like, after a while, they made it so you could only add, like, I think it's like three or four friends in an hour, or you probably know exactly what it is, but has Yeah, Netscape... that one was, like, three friends, like, every, like, couple minutes or something. But with Netscape, literally, you can go out there and add everyone as your friends, and we did that, and it worked quite well, and we, we did it as a test to see, you know, is it effective, does it work, how strong as Netscape or their spam filters and stuff like that, but they don't really catch on to it, and you can add as many as you want as quick as possible. Because I think the main difference was is with Dig, when you add tons of friends, it would make way too many database queries, which would cause their service to really slow down and bog down your experience of using Dig. Or with Netscape, if you add everyone as your friends, it doesn't do as many cross-checks and all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't really slow down Netscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that, like, ever since I started adding a lot of friends on my Dig profile, like, now when I go to Dig, it takes, like, a minute just to even load the page. And, like, a lot of times, like, like there won't even show any news stories. It'll just be, like, that section where all the news stories would show up would just be completely blank. Yeah, and I have the same problem, too, because too many damn people friended me also, which slows things down and I friended quite a bit of people. What ends up happening is when I try to submit a story, it ends up hanging up. So, like, at first you submit a story, then it takes you a page with similar stories, and then you have to confirm your submission on that page with similar stories. And then they just do that, so that way they weed out duplicate stories. The problem is that page that is showing the duplicate submissions, that's where it's hanging a lot for a lot of users, screening up the experience that people are having on Dig. Okay, that makes sense. While while we're on the uh, subject of Netscape, let's like what are some things that you've noticed like I guess like pros and cons versus like a uh, Dig or Reddit like what what are some good things about Netscape and what are some bad things from your opinion? From a marketing perspective and I'm a marketer, so I as you, we already know I think highly <laughs> angled towards that route. Um, Netscape is great, you know, compared to Reddit or Dig. They don't really drive as much traffic, and they don't really drive as many links. Um, that's a lot of the cons. 
the e- good deep part about Netscape is it's a lot easier to get to the home page. And what kind of sucks about Netscape is to get to the home page, you have to work your way up to the top. So it's you have 24 hours to have your story on the home page, up to 24 hours. While with Dig, it's you have up to 24 hours to get on the home page. And once you get on the home page for Dig, you start at the top. Well, Netscape is the other way around. You have to work your way to the top. And you might not get to the top within 24 hours because it's really difficult to get to the top. But, but yeah, why do the they do it that way? Like, I've noticed that. Like, I don't use Netscape a lot, page. like I said. But why, why, do they, why do they do it like that? Where When your story hits the front page, why doesn't it just automatically go to the top? For Netscape? Yeah, like Netscape. Like when your story hits the home page, why, why doesn't it go to the top? Like, why do they have it set up like that? Do you know if there's, if there's like, any benefit to that? Or, like, what, what were they thinking? Like, what's the thinking behind that? No clue. I don't, I don't really get it because it's a lot harder to find good stories the way that they have it set up. It's hard to yeah. find new stuff, which is why it's harder to vote on stuff. And it's just not as friendly as Dig. So from, let's say, from, like, a user's perspective, I, I assume you probably prefer, prefer Dig to Netscape. Probably for maybe one of the one of those for that reason you just mentioned, would you say that's would you say that's correct? Yes. How about like anything else? Like the is it just like a completely different demographic that Netscape has, and the stories don't appeal to you, or what are some some other things like from a user's perspective that you've noticed? Well, I'm a young guy. I'm I'm 21, as you already know. Um, I'm not really into politics, and a lot of the stories on Netscape are highly targeted towards politics, and I'm a tech guy. So it's like the dig homepage is mainly filled with tech stories. It, granted, you can weed out the political stories on both dig or Netscape, and you can just focus on what you like, but I'm lazy. Whatever's on the homepage, I'm going to use. I'm not going to go in there and modify the damn page. I don't have time for that or whatever. I, it's, I'm just a simple guy, and if stories I like are there, I'll use it. If it's not, I'm not going to use it. But the thing I do like about Netscape is they're really friendly to me. So anything I submit does a lot better on Netscape than usually Dig because all the Netscape users are like, hey, come on over from Dig. We'll treat you right, which is really great, which is why I still use Netscape, and that's the main reason. That's interesting. So they're, are they trying to get you to be like a Netscape navigator, like one of the paid users? Get you away from there once. Um, a couple people recommended me that are current navigators. So I send in a resume and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I'll ever become a navigator. There is a clause in there that says if you're a navigator, you can't really use Dig, which is a problem. So it's I don't know if I'll become a navigator. Plus, I'm a marketer. So I don't know how they're going to look on that. They probably don't like that. Yeah, if they found out that you're a marketer, that probably wouldn't go over too well with them. <laughs> Yeah, and they they already like, know my blog URL, so they're like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking. So <laughs> I didn't hear back from them though. So yeah, it seems like from what I've noticed, like it seems like Netscape, I guess as like a company, is more strict. Whereas it seems like Dig, it's a lot of the users that are the ones that are really like, I guess, strict with the stories that get to the front. But I know like I followed like Jason Calacanis' blog for a while, and like he always talks about like or at least in the past when he was still a part of Netscape, he was always talking about how they were, like, banning domains and usernames. Like, it, it sounded like they are pretty much just doing it left and right. Yeah, so have you, totally like, have you noticed that, Netscape, like, being a user of the site? Yeah, with Netscape, it's the whole people that are run it that are a lot more um, stiff. While with Dig, it's a lot of the users. 
with Dig, you always get your stories buried by all the users and stuff. And with Netscape, I always get my stories buried by the damn anchors and people who are running it like, oh, this is too commercial or whatnot. And I'm like, damn it, it got on the Dig homepage. Let it get on Netscape homepage. <laughs> so they actually have anchors that are like edit- editors that can decide basically what gets to the homepage and what doesn't? Yeah, because what ends up happening is if they don't like a story, they have the power to go in and just pull a story. The Dig crew has the same authority, but they don't really do it as much as the Netscape people. Well, the Netscape people are like, hey, this is way too commercial, and they'll just pull stuff, and they do it quite a bit. And not even if a story's promoting a product, just like if the overall site in general is too commercial, they won't like it, and they just end up pulling it, which sucks. So it's like, what's the guidelines? What's commercial? Hey, isn't this CNN also commercial? Because they're making money. Their business, right? Yeah, uh, I mean that's true. I mean, where do they draw the line? Do they just? I, I guess maybe they just try and find people that are developing content solely for the purpose of getting on these homepages. Like maybe they make the distinction between that and like real, actual, like current event news. Which, yeah, is, and is I that think that's where think, or? probably that's where they do draw the line, and which is why a lot of the content that I submit to Netscape, even if it's legit content and it's just a good piece of content from a random person I don't even know and I just submit it, a lot of times they just won't like it because they feel that people are trying to manipulate the system, while in most cases it's not. But I understand why they're doing it because they're just trying to keep Netscape clean. Yeah, that, that makes sense, I guess. Although I still like the whole dig model where, you know, I mean, at least as from far as what I can tell is they completely need it leaves it up to the users to decide what makes the what makes the homepage. Although I've heard rumors of there being like super editors and stuff. Like, have you? What What do you think about that? Is that true or is that just? I guess like there a are. Rumor. And Kevin Rose actually admitted that on Thanksgiving or like a day or two before Thanksgiving, there was a comment on one of the stories that he placed, and he said like, "Hey, yeah, we do got people that are part of the team whose sole job is to go around dig and make sure stories are cool." because if they see something that's funny or that they don't like, they can just remove it or yank it off. So there are editors in that sense, but it's not like Netscape editors. While the Netscape editors can actually take a story that they like, even if it's not popular, and pin it up at the very top of the home page. Sure. So it creates some sort of bias, because if you pin up a story that's not even doing too well at the top of the Netscape home page, yeah, of course it's going to get a lot more eyeballs. Well, they don't do that with Dig. Yeah, I could see how that could lead to some corruption, too. Like, I guess it's, like, going along the same thing with, like, the DMOZ editors, how there was a lot that were taking money for submissions and stuff. Yeah, it's you know, exactly. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, like, accuse anyone falsely, but people, you know, you could think that maybe, a, like, a Netscape editor could be, I guess, corrupt and taking money to put stories at the homepage or, or at the top of the homepage or something. Exactly, and they're very ethical, so and I don't really see any editors, or I don't think there are any editors who do that, but the temptations there are just like how Dig removed the top users list because the temptations there for companies to hit up the top users and offer them money. Sure. So, cool. this is a quick time to take a commercial break. We'll be back shortly. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on.
Over 4,000 clients around the world are utilizing effective content-based solutions from InfoSearch Media with the expertise of over 200 professional copywriters to work for you. Studies show that the number one factor visitors consider before making a purchase online is trust. And nothing creates more trust and loyalty than well-written, informative content. High-quality content also generates free search engine traffic. Content is definitely king. Visit InfoSearchMedia.com today. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to SEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. Dishy Mix, the soap opera for the Internet Society. Susan Bratton dishes up delicious news and gossip while interviewing the glitterati of the Web 2.0 world. Dishy Mix, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome to the Webmaster Institute for Financial Advancement, webmasterradio.fm. It's like radio with a Ph.D., WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Hi, everybody. We're back. Thank you for staying tuned. And we're just talking about social media sites and news, and we're going to continue the discussion. We're going to move into Reddit. Yeah, let's move on to Reddit. So I've noticed lately that you started to write a few blog posts on Reddit, and it looks like you've really kind of, you know, put both feet in and have really been playing around with the site. So what are some, some things that you've learned so far? Yeah, so my time's very limited, and most of my time usually goes to dig, but now I've been starting to play with Reddit and trying to become a top user on Reddit. And it's really hard because it's late in the game and most other people already have karma points like 10,000 or something that's really high and ridiculous. What I've been trying to figure out is, hey, when you submit stories, how can you maximize the percentage of your submissions that reach the home page, just like I try to do with any other social site? And one thing that I noticed that was really interesting is Reddit has this whole French friends feature that's very similar to Dig. You're familiar with the Dig's friends feature, right? Sure. Yep, one one person friends another person, and they vote on the stories blindly and so forth and so on. And the more friends you get, the more people that are going to see your stories and just vote on it. And with Dig, a lot of people just vote on stories blindly, while with Reddit, a lot of people, even if they're your friends, don't vote on stories blindly. So the trick that I noticed with Reddit is there isn't, like, a silver bullet to get you to the home page, but the more people that you can get to friend you that are you know, hardcore Reddit users, 
the more often that they're going to see your stories. And when they friend you, your stories actually get highlighted in red or your name. So then that way you stand out compared to all the other stories. And the more people that friend you, the more people or those users, your name's actually going to stand out and your submissions are going to stand out, thus increasing the attention and which also increases the amount of votes you get. And the overall goal with these sites is get more votes and get to the home page. So I and guess, that's what I noticed with Reddit. I, guess you, I don't know. Have you noticed anything with it? or? Um, to be honest, I have not really used Reddit for probably, like, aside from, you know, the occasional going in there and voting on my friend's stories or whatever, I really haven't used it in the last few months. Like, I know not that it. you've really, like, been, it seems like you've been paying a lot of attention to it lately and trying to figure it out. Yeah, and that's the whole trick because everybody's saying, like, hey, Reddit's hard. It's the hardest one to get to the home page. So I've been working really hard to try to figure it out. And they do have spam filters set in place because usually what ends up happening before I jump into any social site, I try to figure out the limits and the boundaries. And with Reddit, I know what was it, a couple months ago, I ended up submitting our blog quite a bit. And I know you, you shouldn't submit your own blog. And I learned the hard way, and this was actually probably a lot longer than that. And I noticed that, hey, if you keep on submitting the same URL, they do notice trends, and boom, they just pull you. And your submissions yep. don't go through. It seems on your end that they're going to go through, but they actually are not going through. See, that's interesting. So yeah. what would you say from your point of view is, like, the number one thing you can do to to help a submission gain traction on Reddit? Is it is it all about the friends, like, or a lot about the friends, like, the dig in a Netscape, or is it a little different? It's... It's a little about the friends. It's not about like totally about the friends like Netscape and Dig because people don't really go to their friends page and just vote on all their friends' story. There is a friends page. I believe it's like reddit.com slash friends or whatever it may be where you just see all, the, all your friends' stuff. But okay. the main thing I think with Reddit is, and I'm still doing testing, so I'm still learning quite a bit, is it's all about the title because you can't really submit descriptions or anything like that. If you have some funny type of title, it actually does usually pretty well. And it has to be on some sort of topic that relates to them. It, and it's just like with Dig. A lot of Dig users are high school, college students, and they're young. So if you submit something like funny or that's related to them, like I know someone submitted something about hot engineering calendar girls, right? And they're not nude, but pretty much. And that did really well on Dig and Reddit. And it just relates to the audience. So you just have to find things like that and submit them. Sure. Just just going back to, I guess, finding good content that's relevant to, targeted to that, the site that you're, you know, that you're trying to, to reach the audience through. Exactly. It's like any other marketing campaign. Just got to figure out your target demographic and go after them and relate to them as much as possible. And if you can make that personal touch, you'll do really well. Yeah, exactly. So what have you noticed, like, as far as the, what is the audience on Reddit like? Are they like Dig where it's where it's largely tech-related, or have you noticed something different from using it? I haven't figured out the audience exactly. Quite a bit of it is tech, and there are other topics like science and stuff that do really well on Reddit. It's A lot of it's really mixed, and the audience is actually pretty nice. They don't go after you with bad comments, or some do, but not like Dig where they're like, hey, screw you or screw your mom, and they just put stupid comments, and then 100 people vote on that comment saying that comment's great, and it just gets bumped up. <laughs> yeah, you got to love that. I'm looking at the uh, Reddit page right now, and it looks it looks like a lot of the stories, it looks like it's 
from my opinion, like just looking at the hot page, I would say it's a good mix between tech and politics. Seems like there's a lot of a lot of stories about impeaching Bush and but let's see, I think there's like five or six just right on like the right above the fold that I'll talk about impeaching Bush. So I guess <laughs> it's like a large large portion of the audience is anti Bush, I guess, or what? Dude, I see that too. Number one's about Bush, four's about Bush, and five, and they're all about impeaching Bush. <laughs> yeah, on my screen, I have number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, and number nine are all about impeaching Bush. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I just keep on going down, and there's even more. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's crazy. But no, that's a hot trend with Dig, Netscape, and Reddit. If you talk bad about Bush, there's a good chance you're going to make the homepage. Even if your article is a piece of crap, if you just talk bad about Bush, people love it. <laughs> there you go. You want some link page? Just write about him teaching Bush, and you're on the homepage, huh? <laughs> exactly. Dude, rumor <laughs> shoe money. He busted out that post. <laughs> president Bush, is he a great president, or is he the greatest president ever? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shit was hilarious. And he, got in, he ended up getting so many comments on that. But like he said, he made the mistake if he disabled comments. So many of those people would have just ended up linking to him. Yeah, people exactly. get mad. They're like, oh, what are you talking about? Bush sucks. <laughs> and anything related to politics, and his blog is even on politics. So it makes sense why those political blogs like Huffington's Post do really well. Yeah, I think it's just something, I guess it's just something that so many people are so passionate about, you know? And it's like they're so passionate, like, one way or the other, that they, you know, they're really just becomes a part of their lives, I guess. They get consumed by it, and they just feel so strongly about something that they'll, like, fight for it or, you know, which I guess is, you know, I guess that's a pretty good thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you, do you like using Reddit from, like, what do you think of, like, the UI and stuff? Do you like it? It's too simple for me. Well, I like simple, but it reminds me of, like, 1998 crap. Sure. And, that's my main problem with this. I can't really stare at it. And one thing that I really hate is this stupid damn Reddit logo keeps on changing and it never stays the same. So it's like I just want to get out there and strangle that little Reddit character. <laughs> like right now he's looking at me with a damn squirt gun. Yeah, it looks like he's in the jungle or something. Yeah. <laughs> with a little super soaker. red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, I like Dig's UI a lot better and say with Netscapes, but those guys just, had better designers, and now Reddit's bought by some other company. Who owns them again? It's like Condé Nast or um, whatever. Wired, Condé Nast or whatever. They own Wired. I remember. Uh, uh, I remember Mike Arrington wrote a. It was actually pretty recent. Like within the last couple of weeks, he wrote a post saying how Dig should sue Condé Nast because of he thinks that Wired is like conspired against Dig. I guess. Like, did you see that it. post? Yeah, that that was a post about which one was it? It was. Oh, no, that was the one that they paid um, user submitter and they actually got to the home page, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. Actually, well, it was quite funny. I actually liked it because that article drove a lot of traffic to us or one of those articles because they linked us on that day. So I was yeah. pleased about it. But no, I, I can totally understand where they might potentially want to sue them, but I don't really know what you can sue them about. It's just someone stating an opinion. They paid user submitter and it worked. And what else is there really to it? It worked. Well, yeah, the whole I think from thing, what I you know, got from the post is that he, yeah, he thinks that it doesn't work, but yeah, he thinks that conspire they're conspiring against him because Wired, I guess, has wrote a lot of articles lately that are negative towards Dig. 
So I think I think his his impression was that they were slandering him, maybe. Yeah, but but it's free speech. What's stopping us about writing some bad stuff about Dig or Reddit? You know, Dig can go out there and write bad stuff about Reddit. I'm not a lawyer, so I have no idea what's free speech and what's not. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I could be totally off. I'm not a lawyer, Mike Wang. I'll generally just give my opinion, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, going back to their whole UI, I just wanted to to add my two cents, I guess. I don't really like the Reddit UI. Like in my opinion, I think it's it's like very very hard to distinguish uh, each story from one another. Like I guess there's like not enough not enough like white space in there separating them and stuff. It just seems like everything's just really kind of bunched in there, and it doesn't make it very easy for me just to to scroll through and, and read all the stories. Whereas Dig, you know, I can just look at their homepage and within like two seconds, I can pretty much see every every story that's on the homepage and know what the title is. You know. Like, I think they yeah. really nailed it with their UI. I have not seen anyone come close. Like, Netscape is just awful, in my opinion. Like, that's one of the things, that, that's one of the reasons why I've never really got that involved with Netscape, but just because their UI, I felt, just made it really, like, a pain for me to use the site. I actually love Netscape. I love the way it looks. Yeah. It might not be the most easiest to use, but it looks pretty decent. They had some decent designers. I agree with you on it could be a lot more usable, but I think the design yeah. is a lot better than Reddit, and that could just be because it has graphics, while Reddit really doesn't. But yeah, I'll agree with you where Dig is the best UI out there so far, so out of Netscape, yeah. Dig, or Reddit. Yeah, I agree. So, cool. Um, we'll, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back shortly, and we'll continue talking about Reddit, and we'll take some questions and answer them from uh, the Webmaster Radio chat room. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Marketing payouts lacking green, leaving you seeing red? Get your business in the black with NeverBlueAds.com. Sign up with NeverBlueAds.com today and earn an additional $200 for the first $200 generated. Get ready to flash those pearly whites with unique campaigns, real-time stats, great personal service, and high payouts on time every month from NeverBlueAds.com. Results for advertisers, income for affiliates, everybody wins with a better marketing experience from NeverBlueAds.com. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah, what's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm, wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today marketingexperiments.com Learn how we increase traffic by 446% with our Google AdWords campaign while reducing cost per click by 58% at marketingexperiments.com marketingexperiments.com Log on and register for our interactive SEM certification course today and discover how to build, target, and maximize ad campaigns like an expert through our proven paid search optimization formula. marketingexperiments.com For details, see marketingexperiments.com slash PPC marketingexperiments Discover what really works. Get hooked, wrapped, and dished. All week long on webmasterradio.fm. Your destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. 
Jesse Guru's Rainmaker. I'll tell you that. For those of you who can't see what's sitting across from me. <laughs> what? Spaghetti strap thing on. And his beautiful co-host, Brandy. It's all about the body size. <laughs> Rainmaker. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on Webmaster Radio. Just reach your final destination, Rush Hour, on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Hey everybody, we're back, and we're just talking about social media sites like Reddit and Netscape, and now we're going to go into questions from the Webmaster Radio chat room, and if we have time, we're going to go into Delicious. Yeah, uh, so far we haven't got to really any questions here, so we actually have one that we'll get to in a second, but if anybody's listening, you're in the chat room, if you have any questions, uh, now's your chance. So, uh, Kid Disco, um, Kid Disco, let's see, should we get to his question first? He asked, what is your favorite beer? So, you can <laughs> take that first, you know? Uh, what was it? I was eating dinner with him a couple days ago, or no, a couple weeks ago, but yeah, I was drinking Heineken, and he was drinking Corona, I believe, but yeah, it was hilarious because... The guy gave him a lime with every Corona, and he also gave me a lime with every Heineken. And after a few beers, we're like, screw it, let's try the lime and the Heineken. <laughs> and don't try it, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> but Yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think limes are meant for Heineken, but that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so either. <laughs> the waitress, or the waiter gave it to me like three or four times, so I'm like, dude, what is he doing? And I didn't get it, so I'm like... I don't know, does he know something? I don't know, because he's, like, really old. So I'm like, ah, screw it, I'll try it. But don't ever listen to those waiters. That's funny. You should have asked me. You should have been like, what, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't want a lemon with my, or a lime with my Heineken. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. <laughs> should have asked him, though. So, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, uh, Kid Disco, uh, CK, he also launched his new company this week, Web WebOsis. What's the URL so, for that? Uh, Webosis, W-E-B-O-S-I-S. And we first, when did we first meet uh, CK? Did we meet him at SES San Jose? I think it was at the, I think it was actually at the Webmaster Radio Party. It was at the Webmaster Radio. I think he was hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we all I think might everybody have been a little, little tipsy. So that, that was a really good party, though. Those uh, Webmaster Radio can uh, really throw it down for sure. Yeah, I think it was like a big party with Webmaster Radio, Bruce Clay. I don't know if it was LookSmart. I don't know. It was a couple people, but yeah. It was, oh, he said it was San Jose Search Bash. There you go. So Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. So anyways, uh, CK is is a really good SEO, so if anybody's listening and they need someone to talk to, he's your man. There you go. So there's our little right. plug of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on to Delicious. Yep, no more questions coming in from the uh, chat room, so we can, I guess we can talk about Delicious. Cool. Um, Delicious, so your... I know, I've used Delicious actually quite a bit. I use them, I use Delicious actually both for a, from a marketing perspective and from a user's perspective, so that's actually where I keep all my normal bookmarks and stuff. 
and I really I really like it a lot. I went I tried I actually tried Blinkless for a while for a couple months. I gave that a shot, but I ended up ended up coming back to Delicious. I just I guess I really just like the simplicity of it, and I think just like it's a lot more user friendly in my opinion. Yeah, and some people claim that Delicious actually has the highest ratio of traffic to links, as in conversion, if you get on the home page. So if you get on the home page or the popular page, you should be getting quite a few links from it. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen people mention that before, but I guess my question is, is how accurate is the, is the testing? Because it's it, the testing it's, that they're doing, because it's not very often that a story will get on the pot, on delicious popular, but not be on one of the other social media sites. Like usually, it's they like go hand in hand. If you get on Dig, you're gonna you have a good chance of getting on delicious popular. If you get on Reddit, you have a good chance of getting popular on delicious, because a lot of the a lot of the people that use Dig or Reddit or any of these other social media sites also use delicious as their social bookmarking site. Yeah, so my question just, for that would be, how accurate are these tests? Are these people actually only testing stories that just get on Delicious Popular, or are they just, you know, I mean, I guess that would be my biggest question. What do you think? It's With the whole Delicious Popular, I think people are just, they might be testing them individually, and it's really hard to compare apples to oranges, but I think the stats are really off because most of the people who probably claim this use Yahoo's site Explorer, which is fine, and you're using it for everything. But what ends up happening with Delicious is you get on the Delicious homepage, yeah, you might get the most links because everyone has that damn Delicious widget on their blog. So if they bookmark it, it ends up showing up on their blog and you get all these links. But they end up coming off, let's say, a week from now after they bookmark, I don't know, five more things or ten more things or whatnot. So... Yeah, it could even come off that day if they're if they're an active enough bookmarker, you know. Exactly, it's they probably do drive the most links for each visitor, but probably a lot of those links just end up leaving. And my whole thing is for the best links out there, I think Dig is pretty much the key. Yeah, I agree with you, but I believe that like Delicious has a lot more benefits that Dig doesn't. I think the one of them being is that the traffic is sticky. You know, these people come to your site, they bookmark it and there's a good chance that they're going to go back and visit that bookmark again in the future. That's and really actually, true. So in many cases, if you're into sticky traffic and you're looking for traffic growth, Delicious might even be better for you because the visitor is probably more likely to come back, while big people are just going to leave your site after they're there for 1.6 seconds. Yeah, exactly. And Delicious, like going on like story-by-story basis, I would say that Delicious drives maybe not like a higher volume of long-term traffic, than Dig, but I would say it's more consistent. Like, if you get a story on the homepage of Dig, after a couple of days, you don't really get any traffic from that story. Whereas if you get on Delicious Popular, like, for the next six months or a year, you're still going to get a consistent, you know, 100 or 200 visits a day from Delicious. Yeah, and you don't really get that from Dig. But the thing is, if you get on Dig, like, five times, or we've been on Dig 20-plus times, and once you get on digging enough times, what ends up happening is you just get a lot of traffic, and a lot of it keeps on growing. So although dig might drive, I don't know, 10, 20,000 visitors in one day, the next week or next two, three weeks, if you're before the dig, if you're at 1,000 visitors a day, you might end up being at 1,100 or 1,200 visitors a day. So there yeah. is still some sort of growth. Oh, yeah, I agree. And, I mean, there's definitely, like, benefits to both. And I guess, like, like you said, like, dig is better for length. And because of that, that's also going to, you know, pop your SEO out there, too. 
It's like every time, like even on my personal blog, I notice that I've got a dig. Like there's that big spike in traffic, but then after that spike, my average daily visitors are, uh, you know, 10 or 20% higher than they were before that dig. Definitely. And with Delicious, do you know of any CD credits or anything like that to get on the popular page? Or? Um, it's, it's really a lot harder to, like, market directly at Delicious versus, like, at Dig just because of the, I guess, Dig is, like, more social and, and stuff like that. I guess just the way that they, they work overall. But, like, some tips I have for getting on Delicious is I, I, li- I really like the uh, book bookmark this to delicious buttons that you can put at the end of your blog post or on your web page or whatever. I think that's a, I think that's a really good one. Um, what are some things that you've noticed as far as getting on there, like tips? I've noticed that it's more resource-based because people are actually bookmarking and they want to go back to it. So yeah, just exactly. try to make like, resources, lists, and it's kind of similar to Dig. It's just you got to take out the news angle. Yeah, exactly. It's like there is, these are like people bookmark stories on Delicious that are, are authority pieces that are going to be authority pieces for a long time. You know, these are pieces of content that they want to revisit in the future because they learn something or there's some kind of valuable information or a tutorial or whatever. Where it's like maybe where like a funny story might work on to get you on Dig. That's probably not going to work on Delicious and get popular on Delicious. Just because there's no, other than the humor factor, there's no real benefit for a person to, to bookmark it. You know, and once they've seen that humor piece, they, you know, it's not going to be funny the second time, so there's no reason for the person to come back and revisit it, right? Exactly. And the other thing I noticed with Delicious is people want to get on the popular page, but when they're submitting a story, they get lazy when it comes to tagging it and what tags are related to the story. And with Delicious, it's really hard to find stories unless you provide good tags. So instead of half-assing it, you pretty much need to do good tags. Look what's popular on Delicious. Try to figure out what people search for and use similar tags as long as those are related to the story and just make sure you're not tricking the audience and you should be fine. Yeah, write a good description as well. I noticed that a lot of people, like you said, they're lazy and they don't tag it correctly. They're also lazy and they, a lot of people won't even write a description for their story. But if you're like, if you're like trying to get something popular on Delicious, write write a good description too because... You know, they, maybe people don't even know that you can put descriptions there or whatever, but that's going to help people, you know, encourage people to bookmark your site or visit that link and then bookmark it as well. Yeah, isn't the descriptions option uh, optional? Yeah, the description is optional, but why not Why not write that oh, description, you know? That's, yeah, that's totally definitely agree. not going to hurt you. It's only yeah, most benefit. people don't use it. Yeah, exactly. So, and I know a lot of people actually have started, like myself, myself included, like I actually use Delicious as a search engine from time to time. Like if I'm going to look for, especially something tech-related, like if I'm going to go on there and look for like a how-to article on something to do with web development or CSS, for example, I'll actually use Delicious as my primary search engine for that just because I know that the chances are that the, you know, the most popular things that people have bookmarked on Delicious for those certain topics are going to be really good authority pieces of content that will actually be of value to me. So I've actually noticed a lot of people using Delicious as as a search source. Cool, and we're running out of time, so before we leave, I'm going to give a quick tip because we're on the subject of Delicious. If you're trying to make a resource page or a resource article and actually trying to get it on Dig or Netscape or any of these other sites, do a Delicious search as you're mentioning. Like I did one on 50 blogging resources a couple months ago. 
did a search on Delicious, pulled a lot of the results from there, added it to the article, and boom, popped it up, created a post on it, and it got popular on Delicious as well as on Dig. So, That's a good point. And that's pretty much all the time we have. We'll be back next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care and see you then. Yep.